We're going to take an honest look into the bystander intervention, the online activist mob calling out Cafe Madicab, and is Asian American vigilanteism the only answer? How you doing, Konda fam? Welcome to the Millennial Boomer Podcast. It's your host, Jonathan. Let's get it. Okay, guys, look, I hope you're all well. Uh, I am back. Look, I took some time off about, what, two, three weeks. I need to fix my sleep schedule and just relax for a little bit. So I'm not dead. I'm still here. Um, and, you know, there's a lot to talk about, right? A lot happened within the past three weeks that uh, I wasn't on this podcast. So, there, you know, there's so many things to go over, but I want to I want to kind of hone in on a certain aspect that it's really for me right when it comes to when it comes to this podcast the main point of why i'm doing this is i want to make sure and i want to get out the message that asian americans we need to speak to each other okay we need to talk to each other because we're not doing that right and i think the pandemic what what it what what it has done is it made everything um everything into this virtual keyboard warrior fest right we're all speaking to each other in youtube headlines we're all communicating uh, to each other with little twitter sentences and that that that's just that's not having conversations right my whole point is i want to make sure you're having conversations with other asian americans as an asian american you need to speak to other asian americans about what's going on in today's society right i want you guys to be engaged in what's going on with the news in society and culture, and that's why I'm here. So rest assured, guys, I'm here for the long run. Okay, I am here. I am committed to you guys. I'm committed to the few listeners that I have, and I'm committed to my goal to make sure that uh, this what I want, uh, what I want to get done, is going to get accomplished. Okay, so it's going to be a long run, many years ahead of me uh, with this podcast. But I want to. I'm going to keep speaking, keep speaking my thoughts. And hopefully, you know, throughout the years and, and throughout the time I do this podcast, I'm going to learn, I'm going to evolve. And I hope, you know, uh, all of you that are listening with me, you guys learn and you evolve and you become better individuals together. So that's why I'm here. And, uh, you know, Gonda fam, thank you for your support and your constant messages. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Now, look, you don't, you don't have to agree with everything that I say, right? I mean, that's not the point. Right. The point is, the point is, whatever I say, when you listen to it, it's got to invoke some sort of response. Right. It's either you agree or you strongly disagree. And those kind, and if you have a response like that, then I'm doing my job. Right. If you don't have no response. Right. If you if you have absolutely no thought of your own, then I feel like I'm not doing my part. Right. Look, I'm not here speaking to an echo chamber. Right. A lot of you listeners are, you know, all sides of the political spectrum. Okay, I have some of you guys that are very conservative. Some of you guys that are, well, most of you guys that are pretty liberal. And that's fine with me, right? Because, uh, you know, showing my opinion and where I'm coming from, it's really the story, right? My story is the Korean American uh, individual that was born and raised in New York City, right? In Flushing, Queens. And these are my thoughts and these are what, you know, through my experiences and what I go through. And that's the message and, and, and my thinking and my ideas 
that's what I'm conveying to you, right? So many of many, many times you may agree, many times you may disagree, and that's okay, guys. It is okay to disagree with things. It is okay to have conversations and to have different uh, solutions and have different thoughts and different ideas on what you think is the, the best way to move forward. Sorry, my phone's bugging out on me. Uh, so guys, please uh, listen. If you're listening, you know, I want to, again, encourage you, have conversations with your fellow Asian Americans. Now, guys, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, which data tells me more than half of you are, please leave me a solid, leave them stars, leave a comment. It, it all helps. Okay, it all helps. What other news is out there? Oh, God, we have vaccinations. All right, so here's the thing with vaccinations, guys. Vaccinations. Uh, my opinion is get vaccinated. Okay, not get vaccinated because unfortunately, unfortunately, it looks like in the future, our civil liberties are tied with this vaccination. What I mean is soon enough, America is going to have some sort of um, vaccine passport, right? And for you to now, let's say, go to a concert or go to a show or maybe go to a club, you're going to need to present this sort of vaccine passport through QR code or whatever means that the government wants to do for you to enjoy life, right? Your civil liberties, my fellow listeners, your civil liberties are now tied to if you had been vaccinated or not. Now, I don't know about you, but that to me sounds extremely un-American, okay? But listen, that's the world we live in today. The world we live in today is that coronavirus has stroke, has, has, has stroke, has struck a fear into, you know, government officials, into just pretty much everyday Americans where we're so afraid to catch corona. We're so afraid uh, to spread corona, even though you, the, the general population has a 99.9% survival rate, right? There are so many other things that will kill us, but corona is the biggest thing right now. And because of that, you must get vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated, then soon enough, you can't be, you can't be out and about and do anything. Now, that is where... That is where uh, vaccinations is kind of comes as like a necessary thing, right? I got vaccinated recently. Well, I got the first dose recently, not because I'm so afraid that Corona is going to kill me, but more so because, you know, I don't, I just personally, like, I'm not going to fight the government, okay? If the government says, get vaccinated or else your ass can't do anything, I'm getting vaccinated. All right, folks, I'm getting vaccinated. So, so look, that's why I'm doing it. If you're getting vaccinated because you're you're extremely scared of catching COVID and and you're extremely scared of of, of uh, spreading COVID, whatever, fine. That's up to you, right? That's that's totally fine. I don't, I, you know, I, I mean, do what you got to do. But I'm just letting you know if, if you if you want to know why a lot of us are getting vaccinated, it's not really because we're scared of the actual disease. It's because unfortunately, unfortunately, our civil liberties are tied with you having a the vaccine or not. So it is a problem. You know, it is a problem that I, that I think we're headed to where we're going to see more and more people will fight against this idea of a vaccine passport of, of a, you know, of a separate group or class of people that are vaccinated versus, you know, people that are not vaccinated. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. But look, at the end of the day, you know, America, we, you know, we, the, the vaccine in, in America is extremely available to most Americans. I believe if you're 16 and up, then uh, it's available to you for at least for, for at least for you to get the appointment. 
So listen, if you want your life back to somewhat normal and if you and if you want to head there quickly, get vaccinated because um, that's what that's what it looks like uh, the situation is currently looking looking out to. All right, guys, look, I want to start this podcast off, as always, with the story. OK, so now, look, five years ago. All right, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about, again, in my banking days, okay? So about five years ago when I used to work for a bank, not going to name the bank, but when I used to work for this certain bank, I was located at this time in Union Square. All right, and in Union Square, I was at this branch, and I was, I think it was in the morning, right? So, you know, think about, you know, I'm in my little cubicle doing my morning routine with emails and spreadsheets and all that bullshit that, you know, corporate America makes you do. Anyway, I'm there minding my own business. All right. I'm minding my own business. I'm sitting down. It's a nice, uh, let's just say Tuesday morning in the bank, in my cubicle, doing my work. And all of a sudden I hear a person kind of creep up to me, to my office. And she's kind of on the edge of my edge of the office. I can see her in my peripheral. And she starts mumbling something, and I and I can't quite hear what she's saying. And I remember uh, kind of leaning forward and asking, "Ma'am, can I can I help you? Is there something I can assist you with?" And uh, her mumbling gets louder. And what I make out from what she was saying was, uh, she was kind of subtly saying, "Go back to China, go back to China." And I, and I heard it, right? So I'm like, okay, excuse me? What did you say? And I'm like, did I hear that right? And then it, she starts getting louder. Go back to China. Go back to China. And uh, and, she's, and and she started saying all these things. Like, you don't belong here. Go back to China. You don't belong here. It was clear that she was uh, a little mentally not all there, right? And to describe you of this, who this person was, she was an elderly black lady. And she's telling me that I don't belong here and telling my ass to go back to China. So a few things are running through my head. First of all, it is early in the morning, probably around eight, nine o'clock, and I'm just doing my own thing. And I'm getting interrupted by an extremely racist remark from a older black individual. So I'm just, you know, I'm and, I, and I'm now I have to react, right? Like, this lady is obviously a little insane and I have to do something. So in my, I, I don't know if I was upset that day. I don't know what, what was kind of, uh, you know, in my head, but I remember reacting. And this was, this is what I was doing. I was reacting, right? Just being purely reactive. And I said, bitch, why don't you go back to Africa? Why don't you go back to Africa? And I think she listened to that and she was stunned, right? She, she kind of was, she was like, excuse me. And, and she said something like, I belong here. She said, I was born here. And I said, listen, I was born here too. You're no more American than I am. So why do I got to go back to China when I'm not even from China? And I was born here. I'm not even Chinese. And you're telling me to go back to China. Bitch, why don't you go back to Africa? How does that sound? And I, and I said this extremely loud. If you don't, if you haven't met me in person in person, I have a, when I speak, I typically have a, a little bit of a louder uh, tone of voice, right? So my, my volume is, is not, it's not a low, I don't speak in a low volume. So everyone in the bank pretty much heard me. Everyone in the bank pretty much heard me saying, bitch, why don't you go back to Africa? Now, the people that, that were witnessing what was, what was unfolding, they all knew 
what this lady said to me. And, you know, they were all just kind of staring. They were all just kind of staring because everyone was in shock. And uh, I think what people were uh, more in shock was the fact that I actually responded with, bitch, why don't you go back to Africa? Okay, because if you're telling me to go back to China, which I'm not even from, then then at that point, it is, to me, it is all, you know, it, it's anything goes, right, right? You, you're going to be racist to me. And in my head, I was like, all right, then I'm going to be a racist back to you. Go back to Africa. I mean, it makes no sense. Obviously, this lady is not from Africa, okay? Obviously, this lady was probably born and raised somewhere in the States, Right? Uh, why do I have to go back to China? Well, where does this going back to China come from? And I said this before in my last podcast. It's this idea, this sentiment that still many, many Americans constantly see the Asian American population as perpetual foreigners will never be American enough, right? It's this concept, this idea that, you know, because you're Asian, your home isn't in the United States, and, you know, I can I can really go into why a lot of that I'm not. And, and what I'm saying is why a lot of that, that thinking, why it can potentially be justified or how the media portrays it and why that's such a common idea among just everyday Americans. I'm not going to get into that today, uh, maybe next time. But the story is I told her to go back to Africa and I remember her getting confused Eventually, she left, she walked out, and I sat there in my office, I sat there in my cubicle, and I thought about my actions, and, and uh, you know, everyone that was, uh, that listened, looked at me kind of shocked, and to my, in my own, you know, retrospective outlook, I thought I was a little, I thought I was being a little, maybe too harsh, right? Maybe not really too harsh on that individual, but just my reaction itself was, potentially uncalled for one because listen I'm 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 an employee at the bank at that time right if any senior management um heard me or or if I was to be reported I would probably be fired most likely at that spot so it wasn't a smart thing to do number one right number two it's this idea of being reactionary and I think that's the moral of the story is whenever you react Okay, whenever you react to racism in a reactionary way, without thought, without any calculation, you're not doing anyone favors. Okay, you're not you're not doing anyone you're not winning any points here. Okay, you're not you're not proving your point in any way that's going to make you look any better or the people that you re- represent look any better, right? Nobody was clapping because I said, bitch, go back to Africa. In my head, I felt like I was doing the right thing at the time. But when I look back at it, when I look back at it, people can say, yeah, John was defending himself. John was, you know, standing up to himself and not taking shit from nobody. Yes, to a certain degree, right? But when you, again, when you come out reactionary, okay, when you come out in a way where there's no thought behind it, when you fight racism with just pure hatred, with just pure emotional reaction, you're not winning any wars. You're not winning any battles. And that's what I'm going to talk a lot about today, guys, because time and time again, we see the news and, uh, you know, people have different reactions. People have different ways that they want to uh, handle things. 
And in my analysis, in my view of how everything is kind of unfolding, is there is a lot of reaction versus being proactive. So let's um, let's talk about that. Okay, guys, let's dive into it. So first of all, before I go into that deeper thought, just just uh, I wanna I wanna talk about this real quick. This idea of bystander um, intervention, we've heard it a lot, right? The uh, you know how to stop. Asian hate with bystander, uh, bystander intervention. So let's talk about this. All right, guys. So bystander, <clears throat> bystander intervention. Let's let's get into it. What is it? What is this bystander intervention that we keep hearing, um, or at least keep reading about online through Instagram posts, through all these stop uh, API hate hashtags? It always comes with how you can help, how you can help, and how you can be a bystander that prevents that that you know, and through these methods. This is going to stop API hate. All right, so let's um, let's get into it. First of all, I want to say it's, it has been getting a lot of steam online, and it is something that, um, you know, if you if you really look into it, if you really look into it, and if you if you were really to be honest about it, you can kind of break it down and say this is a load of bullshit. But but you know, I will do. I will give credit where credit is due. At least this organization, right? That's called uh, I believe Hollaback. This Hollaback organization and the, the they the idea is they're trying to seek um, uh, uh, an end to harassment, right? So that was like their original thing. You know how uh, there are dudes that harass women on the street to a little bit more than just being flirtatious, and sometimes it can be dangerous. Sometimes it can be uh, just you know in an extremely uncomfortable situation. So how would you how would you intervene in those scenarios? There is this thing called bystander intervention that Hollaback came up with. Now, they're using the same methods when it comes to uh, Asians being assaulted uh, in the street and how as bystanders, what we could actually do. So I thought it was, when I first read it, okay, well, listen, when I first read it, I thought it was interesting. I said, okay, well, let's let's see what actual bystanders can do. All right, so let me, let me uh, break it down to you and hopefully you guys can follow along and you tell me, do you think it's a load of bullshit or will it work? We'll see. So they come up with this thing called the five D's, right? Distract, delegate, document, delay, and direct. So let's look at, let's look at each one. Okay, so let's look at number one, distract. I'm going to pull up a slide here. If you're watching on YouTube, um, you can look at the slide as well, but for all my audio listeners, let me read what this uh, first slide of distract, what it says. So distract. Take an indirect approach to de-escalate the situation. And this is what this, this, this slide is telling you to say. Excuse me, do you know where the next stop is? Do you know where the next stop is? Start a conversation with the target or find another way to draw attention away from them. Ask them for directions uh, or the time or drop something. Okay, so they want you to ask them for the time, drop something. That's the whole idea of distract. Let's look at delegate. Okay, delegate. Uh, get help from someone else. Okay, that's the idea of delegate. Say, then this is what they want you to say. Excuse me, this person is being harassed. Can you help? Find someone in position of authority like a bus driver, flight attendant, security guard, teacher, or store manager and ask them for help. Check in with the person being harassed. You can ask them if they, uh, if you want them to call the police. All right, let's look at the next one. Document, document. Let's look at this slide. 
uh, document, it can, it can be helpful for the target to have a video of the incident. Uh, laws about recording in public vary, so check local laws first. They want you to say, is anyone uh, helping the person being harassed? If no, oh no, this is what the slide is saying. If, is anyone helping the person being harassed? If no, use one of the other four Ds to help them. Only document the situation if it's safe. All right, and there's some other stuff on the bottom. And lastly, let's look at direct. Direct. Uh, assess your safety first. Speak up about the harassment. Be firm and clear. And this is what the slide is telling you to say if you were to see one of these situations. Uh, that's inappropriate. Leave them alone. Okay. You can also talk to the person being harassed about what's going on. Ask them, are you okay? Should I get help? Should we get out of here? And that's the five Ds from Hollaback. And uh, this idea, again, is it's somehow supposed to stop uh, violence. Now, this is what I will say, right? Look, it's all in all very well-intentioned, okay? Whoever made these slides and whoever thought about the Asian-American community getting violently assaulted uh, and, and they thought of some quote-unquote practical ways, uh, I give them, I, you know, I applaud them, right? I applaud Hollaback and I applaud everybody who are going through actual trainings that um, Hollaback is hosting to stop these uh, well, or, or to equip them with bystander interventions and based off those five Ds. Now, look, in a instance of verbal harassment, okay, if you're being verbally harassed by some lunatic in the street, this can maybe work, right? Putting a little distraction, asking them, hey, what is, you know, can you tell me what the time is? Hey, do you know where you're going? Like if you, if you maybe ask those kind of, those kinds of questions, you distract I can see how the situation may dissipate. All right. But guys, let's be honest, folks. We're not talking about verbal harassment. We're not talking about, um, you know, some some microaggressions being thrown here and there. Okay, we're talking about a mentally ill person stomping out an Asian woman. We're talking about mentally ill people getting extremely physically violent and pummeling, okay, pummeling people in the streets. Now, let's be honest, folks. If you were to see that, right, if you were to see something like that in the street, you were to see this person just absolutely stomping out an Asian woman or, or any person in, in that regard and you wanted to stop it, you're not going to go there and spill some coffee, you're not going to go there and say, hey, do you know what the time is? You're not going to go out there and say, hey, stop. Like, guys, uh, bystander intervention, when it comes to, again, small verbal harassment, you know, things that are nonviolent, more just through words, I can see how it can lead to better situations, right? I can see how that happens. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, when you see some extremely violent motherfucking behavior, okay, telling, asking that person, hey, do you know what the time is? It's not going to stop anything. Okay, it's not going to do shit. So, so as much as, as much as I, and I'm just being very honest, and for, for those of you that have seen, you know, uh, violence in the streets, for those of you that have witnessed, and if, you, if you've seen that, 
you and I know very well that just saying any of these five D's isn't going to do anything. Okay, distract, delegate, document, delay, direct. Out of all these things, the best thing you could possibly do is maybe yell out something, right? Maybe if you if you want to, maybe yell out something to distract like, hey, police is coming or, you know, maybe tell them to stop. Maybe that'll work. Probably not. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff, it's, it's not, it's again, it's well-intentioned. And I want to give credit where credit is due. It comes from a good heart, okay? But when it comes to the reality of things, guys, we live in the real world. We don't live in uh, the fake world. We don't live in the world where we speak to each other on, on the internet all day. When you're out and about, you live in the real world. And in the real world, there are real problems and there are real consequences, okay? So violence, when it comes to violence... Or any of these five Ds gonna do much? In my opinion, probably not. Okay, probably not. So what are we supposed to do, right? That's the question. Well, John, if you don't want to do the five Ds, you know, you want to be a bitch about it. You don't want to speak. You you know, you want to trash on this. What are we supposed to? Well, let's talk about that a little bit later because I think the response that Asian Americans are coming to is something that has nothing to do with these five Ds. But before I get to that, you know, I want to I want to shout out real quick. Um, Madeline Park she started out this um, started out this uh, this fund and uh, she's calling it Cafe Maddie Cab. And if you haven't heard from now, folks, basically uh, this friend Madeline, she started up this fund um, by putting in, first of all, her own money in it. Right? I think she put in 2000 in it, and she wanted to give rides to Asian American elders and women when they're out and about doing whatever they got to do. She's reimbursing $40 for the cab ride, uh, and she's doing it out of pure goodwill, right? She's starting this fund because I remember when she first started, she was like, hey, what, you know, I want to do something. How can I help? Here's a practical way that, you know, that I could potentially help raise some funds. And maybe, just maybe by doing this, we're going to see potentially one less story on the news right and uh you know you gotta you gotta really you gotta give your hats off to her because it was an extremely noble idea and an extremely noble thing to do so who is maddie madeline first of all madeline is um at least online she's this rising tiktok star with over 300k followers making um making like food and different kinds of uh, uh dishes and she does it in a very, in my opinion, in a very ASMR-like way, right? Because she has a good voice. And if you listen to her voice, it's very soothing, it's calming. And she makes these really, I would say, good quality videos. So she's very, very popular on TikTok. And, you know, I've known Madeline for maybe maybe 10 years or so. And, uh, you know, Madeline to me has always been a very sweet, sweet person uh, you know, she, she wasn't about, you know, the whole social justice life, right? You know, she's doing her own thing. And, uh, but once in a while on her personal Instagram, I would see her, you know, post questions. Like she would see something on the news and she would ask people, well, how should we process, you know, for instance, uh, this idea of defund the police, how should we process this idea of, you know, having, less police equals, you know, more safety for the community. Like, how does that work? Like, she would ask genuine questions. Um, and I remember her 
for me, it's like for her, it's like for me, when I see her, it's like she's been on this journey of learning, right? Of learning what's going on in the world, learning what's going on in America and how do we respond? And this is, you know, this is my life experience. How does this, how does my life experience kind of mesh with what is going on in the bigger society in America? And in her journey through learning and uh, out of her good heart, she came out with this concept of why don't I start a fund to help people with uh, their cab rides. So if you knew Maddie and you know where she, and you know where she came from and you know why she was doing this, uh, the only thing that you could pretend that you could really say about uh, her starting this fund is great job. You're doing a great thing, Maddie. I can't believe, you know, you're doing this. Like, it's such a, it's something that, you know, we all talk to talk, right? We all stop API. We, we do the hashtags, right? We put up Instagram posts. We're being, we're out there, right? But here's a person who is literally, literally putting uh, her money where her mouth is and starting something that is very, very practical and something that can actually potentially save lives, Right? I think within like uh, six hours, she raised 10,000 and within like two days, she raised uh, over 100,000. So so now this is where the, the kind of criticism comes up. So to get the to get the reimbursement. All right, to get the re uh, reimbursement, you need to one, screenshot the cab, right? Two, send a selfie to provide you're an, an Asian elderly or an Asian woman. And three, you have to uh, give the reason of, of what this cab ride is for. Right. And out of all this, look, you can, you can give whatever reason. I think sh at, the, at the end of the day, as long as you prove, prove that you are, uh, uh a woman, an Asian woman or an Asian elderly, she's going to send you the money, right? She's not out here trying to be really stingy with the funds that she raised. She's, she's doing this for goodwill, right? So she's going to ask you for the reason of the cab ride, and she's not going to say, oh, are you lying? Like, she, like that's, that's not what it's about. Again, she's doing a wonderful thing, right? She's doing a, Now, Madeline is not an activist. Okay, guys? She's not, she's not out there um, uh, fighting the social justice warrior life. That's not who she is. She's just trying to do a good thing. She's not out there because she wants to get more popular with her TikTok. Like, she's just starting something that she thought could be helpful. But, of course, but, of course... You have, you have the extremely, uh, you know, radical people out there that want to just tear this all down, right? You want to tear this all down, and they're coming out there with their criticisms. Okay, so what are the criticisms? What are the criticisms? Right. So number one, number one criticism shouldn't have to provide selfies. Okay, because and I read, and I read this uh, this extremely long post about. You know, Asian Americans having to constantly prove themselves, and now we have to prove to get a cab ride. It just perpetuates some sort of 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 uh, systematic failure. Of I forget what was written, but they're complaining. People are complaining that providing selfies isn't something that should be there because you know, even like Asian elderly can't they can't necessarily take selfies. Look, look at the end of the day, I get it. Guys, um, it's not a perfect system, right? Madeline is not doing this with a huge team behind her and trying to start like a revolutionary movement. No, she's reimbursing cab rides, okay, for some of our sisters to get home safely. 
That's all, that's all it is. Okay, that's all it is. Let's not make it, and and just to make sure that you know that she's not being frauded out of forty bucks or whatever the the right amount is, she wants she wants you to prove that you're that you are a woman. Now is that so evil? Is that so evil? So to me, I can see why the selfie thing is a little bit controversial, right? But as someone who donated, okay, as someone who donated to the fund, uh. I wish and I would hope that the funds that are being released are being released appropriately, okay, are being released to the right people, because there are people that will take advantage of what Madeline is doing, okay, there are people that will take advantage of what she is doing, so uh, asking, for, asking for proof to me is not a terrible thing, all right, it's, it's not a terrible thing, and I think Madeline herself, I, she has this, she wants to be a good steward, right? Be a good steward of all the donations that she had. I mean, you got over $100,000. You don't want to give money out left and right uh, without a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, making sure of where the money is going, right? You want to be careful with it. Okay. It's not just her money, right? I mean, it's her money plus $100,000. So it's not so evil for her to ask for herself. In my opinion, it's not. Now, number two criticism, what's next? LGBTQ community the LGBTQ community uh, wants the fund to open, wants her fund to open up to them, because according to them, they face violence as well, which obviously they do. Nobody is disagreeing with it, and she's gotten. And I remember reading all those Instagram posts, and she's gotten so much shit, so much shit from people that are within the alphabet. Uh, I'm calling them the alphabet mafia because that's literally how they're they're they're. They're pretty much saying if you don't open up to the LGBTQ community, then you are this, you are anti-trans, you're and all these disgusting names are calling Madeline. So I think Madeline, she she thought about it <clears throat> and um, the argument was fair enough. And she decides to open up the fund for the LGBTQ community. Now, personally, I don't agree with this move, right? Because the fund originally that I donated to was rides for women, right? Asian women and the Asian elderly. Okay. Uh, if you are a gay man, you are a gay Asian man, you are a young gay Asian man, and you are part of that alphabet mafia. Okay. You are part of that alphabet mafia and you're sending, you're sending your selfie and you want to get your ride, ride reimbursed. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Okay, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, to be honest. Look, if you want to say the trans community faces violence, and you want to say like the Asian trans community faces hatred and violence, I completely understand. And I get that. And if you're really, really concerned about that, start your own fucking fund. Okay? Start your own fund for the LGBTQ Asian American community. Go do that. This originally wasn't supposed to be the super woke fund. It was simply, again, simply money being reimbursed for rides for women and elderly. Let's stop making it something crazier than, than what its uh, original intent was. So, but, you know, uh, Madeline, with the goodness of her heart, decides to open up and say, okay, uh, the LGBTQ community, I guess they need to uh, be included. So, look, I don't know. If you're a gay Asian guy, okay, if you're a gay Asian dude... Um, and you take a selfie and you send it to Madeline, like, like, how do you prove that you're gay? Okay. How do you, how do you, how do you prove that? 
So, I mean, obviously, she'll just take it in good faith, right? I guess you'll you'll uh, send a Venmo request and you'll say, hey, my name is uh, Daniel Park and um, I know I'm not a woman, but I'm part of the LGBTQ community. I'm gay or something. I don't know. I, look, I don't know how you prove it. I don't know what you have to do, right? Because at that point, if you're a dude, you're a young dude, uh, you're a young Asian dude and you're and you're sending a selfie, uh, you got to prove that you're somehow part of this alphabet mafia. I don't know how that works, okay? Again, the reason why I'm against it is because if you go down that path, you go down that path, then it's it's endless, right? You know, it, it's just, there's there's so many other angles people will be like, well, what about me? Well, what about me? Well, what about this group? What about that group? It's endless. But anyway, I digress. What's the next one? Madeline should should learn from other mutual aid funds and grassroots organizers and enlist their help, right? So this was another big thing that people were saying, there's a whole, there's already a whole group of, of uh, you know, mutual aid, you know, organizations and nonprofits out there that are doing the work. Why don't you partner up with them, or why don't you give them the money and let them distribute, or and help you out? Again, this is Madeline and a team of maybe two, three of her friends, just trying to do a good thing here. Why do you got to make it into such a huge, crazy thing, right? Now, according to her, she did get somebody from uh, that someone that that does like organize like a grassroots, you know, local organization work to to help with like elderly people get on board with what she's doing. She did enlist their help, right? She did enlist their help. But the criticism comes from why don't you enlist the help of these certain organizations, right? So there were very certain organizations that people were telling Madeline, you have to reach out to and you have to work with them or else you're not doing it. Bullshit. Guys, it is her own fund that she started to help people out. Let her be. Instead of criticizing and criticizing and criticizing, why don't you just say, good job. We applaud you. We're with you. Here are some donations. She's doing a good thing here. She's not trying to create a, a start a movement or do something that's a lot bigger than, than what it actually is. And this is and this is the problem because you go down this path now. Now Madeline says, "Okay, well, uh, you know, let me let, let's listen to what some of these people have to say, right? Because there's so much criticism, there's so much, uh, you know, uh, uh, people making comparisons to the uh, systematic oppressive state of America and to the fun that that she is apparently doing. They're making all these comparisons." So she listens, right? She, so so she, she, she spoke to a couple of activists, these online activists. And after having some conversations back and forth, a certain particular activist, I will not call her out because that's not the point, but a certain particular activist, after having a conversation because apparently they really wanted to be, uh, you know, listened to, asked Madeline at the end, um, you should also tip me. Okay? You should pay me money with the funds that you have gathered. Now, if this is the most, uh, in my opinion, uh, extortion-like activist that you've ever seen, I mean, first of all, first of all, you're bitching on her comments about how this is so bad that all these things need to be fixed. And Madeline's like, fine, let me listen to what you have to say. What you got? Okay, what you got? 
And they list all these things, right? I, 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 uh, I was debating if I should put up these screenshots because I did take screenshots of their conversation. And, um, but I don't think it's necessary. I'll just give you the, the overall uh, conversation of how it went. It was basically her saying, uh, you know, activists have been doing this kind of work for years. And uh, this is why you should do it. This is, uh, this is why you should do it this way. This is why you should listen to me. This is why I am more knowledgeable than you. I am better at this in this work than you. Listen to me. So Madeline listened. Okay, she read all those long paragraphs of Instagram DMs and she said, thank you. I appreciate um, your effort and I'll take it into consideration. And at the end of that conversation, this particular activist had to also say, um, my work isn't free. You should also tip me as well. And uh, that's when I think Madeline was like, excuse me, and just you know, as soon as she started asking for money, uh, Madeline just blocked her. Now, now, uh, if this is the kind of activism that is going on uh, in today's society, where where you're forcing people to comply with your idea of how things should be done, forcing people to comply with your ideology, with your idea of how certain funds and how certain things should be run, and you you put out your your quote unquote your work, okay, your time and your effort, and then at the end you ask for money from not just like Madeline, can you support me in my work? Uh, you know anything help? No, but it's like you should also pay me money from the funds that you've raised uh, within that hundred thousand dollar pool. You should give me a chunk of that. If that's your activism, if that's the activism that you're pushing out there. Please, save that shit to yourself, please. Nobody needs that kind of ridiculous activism. Okay, guys, am I, am I crazy here, folks? All right. Uh, Madeline is doing a good thing, and you have all these people criticizing, criticizing, criticizing. Are they, I mean, are they jealous? Are they jealous of the work that she's doing? Are they jealous of the idea that a person who is not part of that activist world came up and did a good thing and is doing good for, like... The fact that you're so disgustingly rude, you're calling her anti-black because she won't listen to you. You're, you're telling her to shut the fuck up and all these disgusting things makes it seem like your activism is just full of shit. Now, just to be clear, the person who was extorting Madeline for money was uh, a black woman, a black individual. And I didn't know that until I, had a, I, go, I went to her Instagram profile and she did happen to be black. Why am I saying that she's black? Because at the end of the conversation, she accused Madeline of being anti-black for not listening to her. She accused Madeline of, of, of uh, using the work of other black activists and listening to them and not paying them. And by her not paying this black online activist, you're being anti-black. I mean, people have, have seriously lost their minds, and, I, and I'm sure, right, the black community, not the vast majority of the black community is not like this, right? If you're an activist, and you're about social justice, and you're all about all these, you know, these wonderful, wonderful things, uh, and you're going out to this, this uh, 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 cab reimbursement, you know, fund, Right? purely created to help Asian Amer the, the Asian American community, and you're out there calling out this fund, 
so that they should be all should so that they should be doing all these other things that you want them to do and because they're not doing it and they don't decide to listen to you and they decide not to pay you you're going to call them anti-black uh what is wrong with today's society folks what is wrong with today's activism you see the problem do you see the problem when guys like me and just other normal asian americans they 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 read that kind of bullshit how we would react Guys, look, I'm I'm a very I'm a very uh reasonable person, okay? If you come if you come to me in good faith, you come to me in good faith and have and and try to have a real honest dialogue, an honest conversation, an honest discussion, I'm completely open to it. But if you're coming at me with bad faith, okay? With your ideas that you want to shove down my throat, and if I don't comply and if I don't listen to you, then all of a sudden I'm a racist and I'm anti-black and, and all these things. Uh, of course I'm going to shut you off. Of course there's no, there's no more discussion to be had. Because at the beginning, at the very beginning, you were not genuine with how you, you approached me. You were not genuine with how you approached Maticab, uh, uh, Cafe Maticab. You weren't genuine. You weren't about helping is what I'm trying to say. You weren't about trying to make this fund better. What you are about is you're on some sort of narcissistic uh, mindset where you thought you knew better. You thought that your ideas and the way that, that this fund should run was superior to the way that Madeline was doing. So instead of suggesting some ideas in a nice, friendly way, you tried to impose your ideas. And when you got shut down... And, and, and Madeline decided to not pay you. You got extremely defensive. You started calling Madeline anti-black. And uh, you started calling out the whole entire Asian American community. I'm, I'm Again, I'm speaking about this one individual who's doing this. You're calling out the whole uh, Asian American com- community and, and calling us, everybody, anti-black. Uh, do you see why this is a lot of bullshit? Can you, do you guys see why a lot of us normal people will see that kind of nonsense and be turned away by social justice and activism. Because, yes, it was, in this case, it was just this one individual that was spouting this nonsense. But in the larger sense of things, we see this every day, right? We see activism online and we see all these, uh, you know, calls for justice, <clears throat> calls for more, more equality and equity. But when you really dig into it and when you really have conversations, everything is being reactive. Everything is just is, is, is coming out in a way of not love, but of hate. You're hating the people that do not agree with you. You're hating on the people that will say, well, maybe I have a different opinion. Well, maybe I look at things in a different way. You're hating on the people. Right? You have such like like an immense hatred for people that may have a, a slight different way of doing things, that may have a slight different opinion of how they see things. When you hear conservative uh, you know, media or conservative uh, talk hosts and, and um, figures within the right, and they and they criticize the left, and, they, and one of the biggest criticisms is the left wants you to comply. The left wants you to just shut up, listen, and do as you're told. 
That is a very real criticism. That is a very, very real criticism. Guys, the problem, if you, you know, and I'm going to look, I'm going to go a little bit deeper here. The problem is, is not about left or right, right? The problem is, is it's actually not about that. The problem is when you, when you see a situation of, let's say, racism, of hate, of inequality, of, of whatever it may be, and your reaction is coming out of, of just pure emotional hatred, of pure reactive emotional hatred, when that is your reaction, you have to understand that you're not winning any favors. You're not, you're, you're, you know, you're not gaining any traction because maybe your uh, close echo chamber, your close circle of friends will say, you know, yeah, great job. Yes, you're so right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to people looking on the outside, they'll look at you and say, you make absolutely no fucking sense. They'll poke, they'll poke holes. They'll see through your bullshit. When I reacted in a way, when I told that lady, bitch, you go back to Africa. That was being, that was a reactionary response, right? It was a hateful reactionary response. Because by me doing that and, and quote unquote standing up for myself to some degree I was, I'm not doing any favors. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not representing the, the Asian American or Korean American community in the greatest way possible. People will look at that and say, well, he's just being a racist just like how she was being a racist. What does that get you? If you respond, the idea is if you respond in a reactive, emotional, hateful way, you're not winning any favors. Okay, guys? You're not winning any favors. So where is this going, guys? Where is this going? And I know this is not a popular, um, or maybe it is popular. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. But... Where is this all heading to? Guys, the Asian American community is boiling, if I may say. Okay? They're, we're boiling, right? We have, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of tension being built up. Okay? Now, I want to preface this, I want to preface this and say, I, I don't wish for this certain event to happen, but I fear that this certain unescapable event will happen. Guys, in a perfect world, uh, what am I getting to? In a perfect world, we wouldn't have to uh, arm ourselves, right? And constantly live in fear and need all these bystander interventions we, or, or a fund to reimburse cab rides for Asian uh, elderly and women. In a perfect world, we wouldn't need that. But my fellow Konde fam, we don't live in a perfect world. Okay, we don't live in a perfect society. We live where there are human beings, there are people, and some people are evil. Okay, some people are full of hate. And when you live in that society, you're going to have friction. Okay, you're going to have racism. You're going to have violence. And it's never going to go away. Now, with the rising hate, right, or I don't want to even say rising, with the, with the more visual, with the captured hate that we're seeing against Asian Americans, because again, Asian American violence is nothing new, 
but now it's just being documented. People are speaking up. That's the new part, right? The new part isn't, oh, people are attacking Asians. The new part is people are actually speaking up now. So with, with, with more of us speaking up, with more Asian Americans speaking up, with more uh, of, of the, the crimes being documented, where is that going to lead to, guys? And the Asian American community is fed up. Listen, there is going to be a, an instance where, where a story, okay, where a story about potentially an Asian American seeing some, some kind of attack against, uh, you know, an elderly, against a woman, and he's going he's gonna to say, you know what, fuck this. He's going to get his gun, or he's going to get his knife, and he's going to do some damage. And when he, when he does that damage, I guarantee you on the news, I guarantee you on the news, it's not going to be, oh, Asian Amer uh, this Asian American person defended his community. No, no, no. It's going to be Asian man assaulted, killed black man. That's where we're headed to. That's the unescapable event. I think about that story. I think about that story that was on the news maybe last week about uh, it was somewhere in San, it was somewhere in California I think it was in San Francisco about a man who chased off his um, who chased off these robbers with a machete knife right so there was these two elderly uh, Asian couples sitting in front of a house and you saw like three it was like three to four black guys come up to them and rob them. And the son of the Asian elderly couple came out of the house with a machete knife and chased them off. Now, what would have happened? I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking out loud. What would have happened if that machete knife where he were to because he was running with the slippers on. But let's say he had shoes on and, and he was running full force and he got to the attacker. Oh, I'm sorry. He got to the robber with the machete knife. And let's say he took a few swings. He sliced up a couple of those guys. What kind of news headline would we see then? I don't think it'll be so favorable for Asian Americans. And this is the this is the the big collision that I can see happening, right? And we got to talk about what, what what this really is is def is defending ourselves or is being a vigilante, being Asian vigilante uh, vigilanteism within our communities when it comes against certain black individuals and when that kind of collision course comes what's the story then what's the narrative then and i fear for that okay i fear for that guys i'm not completely lost in what's going on in the news today right we we had uh dante wright just uh, murdered by the police because she thought she was pulling out a taser when it was a, a handgun Right, I, I look. I understand there is a Derek Chauvin murder, uh, mur murder trials. All these things are are happening, and uh, I feel like the the ending to this story, right? The ending to this saga of constant hate, racism, stop stop Asian violence is there's gonna be some sort of event, some sort of event where it just catapults us, catapults us into an extremely violent, violent times. Now look. Again, I preface this saying that I don't want this to happen, right? But with the news, the media, and social media, and the way that everything is being reported, I can see something happening, right? I'll pray. I'll pray that that's not the case, right? I hope I'm wrong. 
But we'll see what happens, guys. But we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it only takes one of those incidents. It only takes one of those incidents to start a fire. All right, to start a real fire. Guys, please, my listeners, stay educated, folks. Listen to what's going on. All right, open your eyes and see that the Asian American narrative is being pulled left and right. People want to use our stories and, and our, uh, you know, struggles and, and, and the things that we have to go through for their own narratives. Don't buy into it. Okay. Again, being pro-Asian, being for your people, being an American, an Asian American, standing up, standing up for your community. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Guys, learn. Okay. Learn to be proactive in love and not reactive in hate. This is the Millennial Boomer Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, follow to this podcast, and follow the Instagram page at millennialboomer underscore. Also, subscribe, like, comment on YouTube. We'll catch you next time.